For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures I will arise and go forth to the house of my young I will arise and go forth to the house of my father I will arise and go forth to the house of my young House of my young Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the 7,000 year plan of God. This is part four of the series. And the third thing we're going to look at is a very prominent biblical chronology called the Usher chronology. So what is the Usher chronology? It was done by James Usher. And who is he? He lived from January the 4th, 1581 to the 21st of March, 1656. He became a professor of theology in Dublin in 1621. He was the Church of Ireland's Archbishop of Armagh and primate of all Ireland between 1625 and 1656. In 1654, Usher published a book entitled Annals of the World. It is a historical chronology from the ancient world until the destruction of the Second Temple by the Romans in the year 70. In this book, Usher calculated the date of creation to be 4004 BC. As a result of his very detailed work, 4004 BC became the date that was most often used for those who put biblical charts in Bibles as the date of creation. And it is printed in many King James Bible editions after the year 1701. So Usher calculated from the creation of the world to the birth of Yeshua, which he said happened in 4 BC, was exactly 4,000 years. Next, I'd like to share with you a graphical chart of the Usher biblical chronology that may appear in some versions of the King James Bible. Then, next, I want to examine more closely the chronology of James Usher. And in doing so, when we look at the next slide, we can see that in his chronology, from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to Noah in the Flood is 1,656 years. This is the exact time that I presented in the chronology that I gave at the beginning of this teaching, and it is the exact time that is given in Seder Alam Rabbah in Jewish chronology. When we go to the next slide of Usher's chronology, we're going to see where the first difference comes in the chronology study. Both in the chronology that I gave and in Seder Alam Rabbah Jewish chronology, we have the birth of Abraham being 1,948 years 
from the creation of the heavens and the earth. However, in the Usher chronology, he has Abraham being born 2,008 years from the creation of the heavens and the earth. This is a difference of 60 years. And based upon how you examine and interpret the information given in the scriptures regarding the birth of Abraham, one may conclude that his father Terah was 70 years old when Abraham was born, or possibly 130 years of age. And then another difference comes in wherein one may interpret that Abraham was 70 years of age when he first entered the land of Canaan, whereas in other views, Abraham was 75 years old when he entered Canaan. Therefore, in the Usher chronology, from the creation of the heavens and the earth to the exodus from Egypt is 2,513 years. Wherein the chronology that I gave in this teaching, as well as the Seder Alam Rabbah Jewish chronology, from the creation of the heavens and the earth to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, was 2,448 years, a difference of 65 years. Continuing and looking at the Usher chronology, from the exodus of the children of Israel out of Egypt to the start of Solomon building the first temple, came about in the 480th year from the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And then we have the rest of Solomon's reign, given that he reigned for 40 years, 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 42. And then based upon Ezekiel chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, Ezekiel was told to lay on his left side for 390 days representing the northern kingdom and a 390 year period. And that will take us to the southern kingdom or the Jewish people going into their final Babylonian captivity. Given that Usher has the birth of Yeshua in 4 BC, therefore in his chronology from the time of the creation of the heavens and the earth to the birth of Yeshua is exactly 4,000 years. So let's summarize the Usher chronology in his 4,000 year time period from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to the birth of Yeshua. It is as follows. From Adam to the flood, 1,656 years. From the time of the flood to the birth of Abraham, 352 years. From the birth of Abraham to the covenant between the pieces in Genesis chapter 15, 75 years. From the covenant between the pieces in Genesis chapter 15 to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, 430 years. From the children of Israel coming out of Egypt to Solomon building the first temple, 479 years. From the first temple to the end of Solomon's reign, another 38 years. And then from the time of Solomon to the birth of Yeshua in 4 BC, 970 years. Therefore, in the Usher chronology, from the time of Adam and Eve in the garden to the birth of Yeshua is exactly 4,000 years. So now since we've covered several chronologies, let's try to summarize what we've learned. The initial chronology which I gave, which covered from Adam and Eve in the garden to the year zero, 4,067 years. Combining information in my chronology with the conclusion of 
the book of Jubilees, where they have from the time of Adam and Eve to the children of Israel crossing over into the promised land being 2,450 years, if you combine these two chronologies from Adam and Eve in the garden to the year zero, it's 4,029 years. Seder Alam Rabbah, or the chronology of Judaism from Adam and Eve in the garden to the year zero, 3,760 years. If we combine the information in Seder Alam Rabbah to the time when the first temple was destroyed, according to the secular date of 586 BC, from the time of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to the year zero is 3,924 years. And finally, the Usher chronology, which goes from Adam and Eve in the Garden to when he has the birth of Yeshua in 4 BC, is 4,000 years. So once again, my purpose in sharing with you the various chronologies is not to determine which is right and which is wrong and try to make the claim that we know the exact number of years from Adam and Eve in the garden to the birth of Yeshua. But we gave you these chronologies just to simply verify and validate it is biblically legitimate to come to the conclusion from the time of Adam and Eve in the garden to the days of Yeshua in the first century is approximately 4,000 years. And we've gone 2,000 or so years from the time of Yeshua in the first century. So in the generation that we're living in, we are coming to the time frame of the conclusion of 6,000 years from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden to the present time. We are awaiting the transition to that seventh day or 1,000 year period, which is often referred by the prophets as the day of the Lord. And this is what Peter was trying to communicate to us in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8, where he was quoting or making a reference to Psalm chapter 90 verse 4 where he says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So now, given that we've validated or verified that we can establish that there has been 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden to the time of Yeshua's first coming, we are now going to look at another hint of Yeshua coming to the earth after 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden from Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, wherein we can see in that verse it consists of seven Hebrew words. The first word is Breshit, which is translated in English as in the beginning. The second word is bara, translated in English as created. The third word is Elohim, translated as God. And then the fourth word is not translated into English. And that fourth word in Hebrew is Aleph Tav. Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Tav, the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Grammatically, the Aleph Tav indicates the direct object in the sentence. But spiritually, the Aleph Tav represents Yeshua. So the fourth word in the Hebrew in Genesis 1.1 is the Aleph and the Tav. And if we associate each word to 1,000 years of time, the fourth word would be associated with 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden to Yeshua's first coming. Let's see how Yeshua is the Aleph and the Tav. 
In Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and verse 8, it is written, And from Yeshua HaMashiach, who is the faithful witness, it continues and says of him, I am, in Greek, the Alpha and Omega, the first and last letters in the Greek alphabet. But in Hebrew, I am the Aleph and the Tav. So Yeshua is the Aleph and the Tav. He is that fourth word in Hebrew in the first verse of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. We've already covered in this teaching that the Hebrew letter Aleph is associated with the holy name of the God of Israel, yod He vav He, whose numerical value in the Hebrew is 26. But now we're going to look at a more deeper insight regarding the Tav and what the Tav symbolizes or represents. And we're going to see that the Tav represents truth and perfection, or truth and wholeness, or completeness. In the book, The Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet, by Rabbi Michael Monk, on page 214, he explains that the Tav is a symbol of truth and perfection, and in doing so, he mentions that the Tav is associated with the Hebrew word Amet, which means truth. And this is mentioned in the Talmud in Shabbat 104a. Continuing in Rabbi Monk's book, The Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet, on pages 215 and 216, and in quoting the Talmud once again in Shabbat 55a, he explains that it says there that the seal of the Holy One, blessed be he, is truth. And that the God of Israel is absolute truth. Not only is the God of Israel truth, but Rabbi Monk furthermore explains in the Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet on pages 218 and 219 that the Torah is truth. And in Malachi chapter 2 and verse 6, the Torah is called truth. And finally, the Tav is associated with the Hebrew word Tamim, which means whole and complete. And in the King James, it's sometimes translated as perfect, as it says in Psalm chapter 18, verse 31, that the way of God is whole, complete. It's Tamim. It is perfect. So Aleph represents the holy name of the God of Israel, yod heh vav And Tav represents truth. And the Torah is truth. And the God of Israel is truth. That being the case, in John chapter 14, verse 6, Yeshua said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeshua is the truth. And then, in Psalm 119, verse 151, it is written, You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. So Yeshua is truth and his commandments or his Torah is truth. And then Yeshua said in John chapter 14 verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Yeshua is whole. He's complete. He's spiritually mature. He's tamim. When Yeshua lived his life, he did not sin. As we can see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. And then, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, it speaks about Yeshua. When he died on the tree, he suffered for us. He was made sin, yet, it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, he did no sin. 
So Yeshua is the Aleph and the Tav. And just as the Aleph and the Tav is the fourth word in Hebrew of the first verse in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, and given that there are seven words in the Hebrew to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, and the fourth word is Aleph Tav, which we now see is associated with Yeshua. If we then link each word of the seven words in Genesis 1-1 with 1,000 years of time, the Aleph and the Tav being the fourth word, which speaks of Yeshua, is associated with 4,000 years from Adam and Eve in the garden. So now we're going to look at various examples in the Bible which prophetically foreshadow 7,000 years of time and 6,000 years of this present era which is associated with the six days that man and the earth is to work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. To begin with, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 7 and verses 11 and 12, where it is written, In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, the windows of heaven were open, and it began to rain upon the earth for forty days and forty nights. So Noah, being six hundred years of age when the flood came, is a prophecy that after 6,000 years of this present era, as we start the seventh day or the day of the Lord, that the God of Israel is going to bring judgment upon the nations or judgment upon the world. Next, we're going to look at Lazarus, who is a prophetic picture of Israel. Lazarus in Hebrew means the one whom God helps. And the one whom the God of Israel helps or is in partnership in this world is the nation of Israel. So we can see in John chapter 11 verse 1 that Lazarus is sick. And in John chapter 11 verse 6, when Yeshua heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed with him for two days. At the end of those two days, Lazarus died. As Yeshua said in John chapter 11 verse 14, Lazarus is dead. And then we can see from John chapter 11 verse 39, that Lazarus had been dead for four days, so now we have a total of six days. First, the two days when Lazarus was sick, he then died, and then four days after his death, Yeshua is going to resurrect Lazarus from the dead. This is a prophetic picture, that there is going to be a resurrection of the dead after 6,000 years of time. Lazarus is a prophetic picture of this resurrection of the dead. That is why Yeshua said to Martha in John chapter 11 verse 23, your brother will rise again. And in John chapter 11 verse 24, Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. The last day being the seventh day or the day of the Lord. So after six days is the resurrection of the dead. As we start the seventh day, known as the day of the Lord, which is the prophetic Sabbath of creation. The next prophetic picture we're going to see is from Exodus chapter 21 and verse 2, wherein we see that a Hebrew servant, after he has served for six years, in the seventh year he is to be free, as it is written. If you buy a Hebrew servant six years, he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. 
The next prophetic picture we're going to look at is King Joash, as we're going to see that he was hidden for six years. In 2 Kings chapter 11, verses 2 and 3, it is written, And Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, took Joash, and he hid him in the house of the Lord for six years. And then we can see from 2 Kings chapter 11, verse 21, when Joash was seven years of age, he began to reign. This is a prophetic picture that after six days, which also can be likened to six years, or after 6,000 years of time, after Yeshua returns and sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, the nation of Israel is going to rule and reign with Yeshua over the nations during the thousand-year Messianic era. We could see how the throne ruling and reigning is associated with the number seven, from Second Chronicles chapter 9, verses 17 and 18, where here we can see that there were six steps before you reached the throne of the king of Israel, or in this case, the throne of Solomon. So in Second Chronicles chapter 9, verses 17 and 18, it is written, Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. And there were six steps to the throne. So after you climb the six steps, then you had the throne. This is a prophetic picture once again that after 6,000 years of time, the nation of Israel will rule and reign with Yeshua when he sets up his kingdom during the Messianic era. So the seventh day of creation, wherein the Creator, that is Yeshua the Messiah, who created the heavens and the earth, as stated in John chapter 1 verse 3 and verse 10 and Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16, when he completed his creative work, he rested on the seventh day. Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. And so that seventh day, Sabbath rest of creation, is also associated with marriage, as the Hebrew word for complete and the Hebrew word for bride is the same Hebrew word that is kalah. And so when we're told in Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 that the Creator rested on the seventh day and sanctified it, the word sanctified is the Hebrew word kadash which is the same as the Hebrew word kadosh, which means to be holy. And the same letters that's found in kadosh or kadosh are the root letters for the Hebrew word kadushin, which is a Hebrew word for marriage. Therefore, we can see that the Sabbath and the seventh day, and thus the prophetic seventh day of creation, the 1,000-year Messianic era, is associated with the wedding where Yeshua will be dwelling on the earth, ruling and reigning over the nations with his bride. And this is prophetically foreshadowed in John chapter 1 and then continuing in John chapter 2 verse 1. So in John chapter 1 verse 19 it is written, and this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? So this would be day one. Then in John chapter 1 verse 29 it says, in the next day John sees Yeshua coming unto him. That would be day two. In John chapter 1 verse 35 it says, again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, that would be day three. And in John chapter 1 verse 43 it says, and the day following Yeshua would go forth into Galilee. That's day four. And then from that fourth day in John chapter 2 verse 1 it says, in the third day, so 
so that would be day seven, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. This is a prophetic picture that after 6,000 years of time, in the seventh day, or specifically the prophetic seventh day of creation, well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, the 7,000-year plan of God. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.